Hi everyone, it's uh, Stefan Compa from Love Talks podcast and we are live today with episode 11 and I'm really happy to be joined by Cornelia Hepping from Move Consulting Relocation Services. Hi, so Stephen. dear Cornelia, um, thanks to be my guest today. Um, can you maybe start uh, by telling us a little bit about yourself and, and your background? Hi Stefan. Thank you for this invitation and this opportunity to meet in person and to see you and to hear your voice. I always read about you on LinkedIn and, and we met some time earlier and, and it was really always very interesting and informative to read about you and your business and how, you are, how your approach is. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Well, about me, I am originally German citizen from the northern part of German, so between Osnabrück and, and Bremen okay. and I moved to Vienna 20 years ago just out of curiosity and um, started living here. It was very challenging in the first times because it was the first time that I had to learn that there are people xenophobic. I never experienced xenophobia before. Okay. And I am originally from the logistics market my father had a forwarding agency he drove a big truck himself so i grew up in a 40-ton truck and <laughs> joined my father on his tours in my holidays throughout my childhood until my 17th birthday and i met people from all over europe so being different having a different culture and approach is always was normal for me when I started working and living in Vienna, there happened some things and situations that gave me the idea, I do no longer work as an employee, I want to run my own business. Logistics would have been the first idea, but I love people. I love people from all over the world, listening to what they have to tell me about their culture, their countries, their experiences. And I love to help people. Can, can I just come back to what you said um, uh, before you, uh, so you decided as a German to move to um, Austria? Yes. Uh, don't you think it's a bit, it seems to be easy. You speak the same language, culture might be a bit similar. Um, but what I've heard a lot is, um, I think I've, I, I read a study a few years back that the, the um, expatriation that is failing the most is um, uh, Americans relocating to um, the UK because yeah. you think that it's very similar. Um, you speak the same language, more or less. Um, and so you, uh, you, you are not ready for the change. And I think with the French, the same. I see the French people arriving in Luxembourg. Sometimes they just think, oh, I'm in France because they speak French. Yes. Uh, mainly, you know, in, in, in Luxembourg, uh, in, yes. the, in the street, even if the official it's, language is Luxembourgish. Yes, but I see really it's very difficult for them to adapt because they think that they are in France, which is not the case. Right. Didn't right. you it's feel like the, the same thing a bit, maybe? It is absolutely identical. It's like the Americans in Canada, the, the Brits in, in the US and, and vice versa. And like you explained, French with, with Luxembourg and the Germans with Austria. It is 
the language that separates us in all combinations because we have although we have the same language roots we have a different approach to certain situations we we adapt different we act different we react different and that makes it so so challenging it's it's the best word i can use for this because but were you were you ready for that when you arrived or not at all yeah. not at all no no and i was not prepared for that rejection that i experienced everywhere mm -hmm. they say in austria they hire germans because of their re reliability and and their detailed loving work and their um, um engagement in in, yeah. in working and then they fire them for these reasons because they the Germans always speak loud out what they think. They speak directly without any calming words or comforting words. So that makes it a little bit rough in communication. After 20 years living in Austria, I know what this means. When people from Germany arrive today and I have a regular table every month in, in a wine bar here in Vienna and all the Germans come and, and they have the chance to speak in their own mother tongue yeah. for one evening to complain about all these little frictions in life every day. And today I can feel what it means when they are new to Vienna and they always compare but in Germany, it is like this. And in Germany, yeah. it is like that. And that makes it very difficult to tell people, stop, there is yeah. a border in Passau. You are crossing a border from Germany to Austria. You are in a foreign country now. And, and I, think it's, uh, I think it's the main problem for people relocating, or not, not everybody, but for a lot of people, is that they should arrive with a blank page uh, in the new country, and they shouldn't bring their cultural uh, luggage with them or their the wow. thing the, the maybe what they read on 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 uh, the internet about the country they should be arrive with an open mind and accept that the country they are moving to even if the same language is totally different but i have an excuse for these people who don't how can you do this how can you act like this if you are not aware that you are carrying your own culture with you. Yeah. That's also a topic. And yeah. what I also, what I am complaining about is that most companies, the big companies anyway, but also the mid-sized and smaller companies that assign people to another country, they think a half day or one day cultural training should be sufficient to prepare a person, an expert and his family to the new country never ever will this be sufficient the and best case they could do would be to uh, to hire a coach like we are here mm -hmm. in, in in our company we all have a coaching uh, certification and we are at the side of the of the expert when he is in certain situations gets stressed and does not know how to act in that situation and how to solve this emotional and social mm -hmm. problem and, and, and the reality also, you're talking about companies not, you know, um, uh, giving enough time for cultural training is that basically 
most of them wouldn't give any cultural training for a German moving to Austria, I suppose, because... That's correct. And, but it's also, I have to, I have to uh, uh, excuse this uh, for the companies, because most Germans think they do not need it. Yeah, also, Germans yes. are persons, we have the culture as a German citizen, I can say we have the culture that we do everything ourselves, we solve everything ourselves and we yeah. feel able to solve it. And then we have to learn, oh, there is a different world outside Germany. So uh, in, in a way for this, they are quite similar to the French. Um, and uh, because, yeah, they think they can solve everything by themselves and do it by themselves. Uh, where maybe the Anglo-Saxons are really are ready, more ready, uh, ready to pay for a service or to, to pay to be assisted. Yes, yes. Yes. And they, uh, especially the American clients, which I really adore because they have the best behavior in communication. They are very kind and polite. They appreciate a good service level. And yeah. they are willing to pay for good service. Like exactly. That. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted, interrupted you. But um, yeah, can you tell uh, a bit more about yeah, um, how you ended up? Uh, you, you said you maybe decided to uh, become uh, an entrepreneur and, and why in the relocation? Yes. Um, so first, why becoming an entrepreneur? Because I am a person who is keen to decide to take responsibility and um, to develop something, to create something that's impossible in a hierarchy, like they prefer it in Austria and the system, how they work here. Um, I was either too old or too self-confident to adapt to that system. So I decided I, I want to work myself as a self-employed person. That is 15 years ago and to find out what it should be, I used my own experience as a, as a life counselor. And there is a certain plan that says, collect whatever you like to do, how you like to do it. Um, what's your ability and your talents, your experience and your competence and your professional competences. And then look where is the best fit in professional picture. Mm -hmm. What is that profession called? And in my case, there is a daughter-in-law. She called me and told me she was just watching TV. And there is a person introducing her business. And that's exactly how she sees me. And I switched TV on and I watched this, this documentation. And it was relocation service. I never heard about that before. And it's for me, it was like, ha, that Vicky moment, you know. Uh, that says you always learned in your family, in your former roots to organize logistics with goods. Yeah. And now I will do this with people. And I'm very good in that. I know that. <laughs> it, it's, I, really, I, it's really funny that, um, you know, uh, at, at a time where you decide that you want to do something for yourself and set up a business, then you have the you know, uh, something popping up and uh, something that maybe you, you never heard before. Right, right. And it's the, this, 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 always the same. It's first, before you, before you find this, you have always this thinking, I want to get away from that. I don't want to get rid of that. 
and suddenly there pops up something because I decided from now on I will be self-employed and suddenly there popped up that relocation service topic and it is like that's what I want to get to I want to have that and I started this I had one year preparation time my husband always was in my on, at my side and told me what well, whatever you want to do whatever you need I will support you and it's true he did and he he still does because he still is in challenging times when there are lots of orders lots of people he has to join our team and to support us <laughs> and uh, can, can you talk a, a bit maybe because this could be interesting for people who um, uh, want to start as entrepreneurs or, or solopreneurs um, uh, what was your, your so you, you decide that you want to go into the relocation industry you don't have I suppose a clue about what it is uh, and it's the first time you're going to set up a business so well, how I are, learned how, it I studied, I studied economics entrepreneurial economics Yeah. I studied uh, economic English and French mm -hmm. years ago so I knew how to do it and it wasn't that difficult actually because I very very quickly registered the relocation as a total business as a portfolio of services is has to be sorted out um, like like a package they can combine themselves the, the mm -hmm. companies as yeah. well as the the experts themselves and in most cases to until today we are the experts for immigration meanwhile yeah, it was very fast that people asked, are you doing that immigration stuff as well? And it took just five years and we covered the whole of Germany and Austria, specializing in the uh, skilled professional permits like Blue Card EU, yeah. Blue Card Germany, Red by Red Card Austria and the ICTs that yeah. cover all of Europe. Mm. That's what we specialize in. And that was our column we are carrying through all the years. We are now a team of five in Vienna. We have consultants in the major cities of Austria and us as well in all of the major country cities in Germany. Um, our German office is in the middle of, between Hanover, Hamburg and Bremen. Yeah. And it's, it's a very rural area, but from there we have the access to the to the uh, Dortmund area and Düsseldorf area, it's only one and a half hour. And to the other biggest cities, it's just one and a half. So it's very central, yes. It's very central there. We cover a huge area. Um, meanwhile, after 15 years, there are many people who appreciate German and, and Austrian economic situation, the stability of yeah. politics and economy, the um, stability in purchase prices like like um, property houses and flats and as my husband is the real estate broker in our family we sometimes join and support our clients when they come here and found a business mm -hmm. and with this so-called golden ticket investment they are able to stay here with their families and our clients come from all over the world yeah, and so uh, you you wanted to um, meet different cultures and and different nationalities, and it's it's exactly what you what you have. Yes. Um, 
but it was really a hard way to get yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. Because so, so you 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 said that you um, you uh, took one year to prepare everything before launching uh, the company. Right. Um, so you are you are new on the market. You are a young entrepreneur. Um, Fifteen years. Yeah, 15 years in, 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 uh, in uh, but when you, when you started. At uh, that time, at that time, it was, yes, yeah. 12 months preparation. But how was, um, how did you do to get your first customers? How did you um, uh, manage to uh, uh, show them that you had enough expertise to be able to assist them, which, with, uh, with uh, which services did you start to uh, to um, uh, to work on? Um, I, I'm interested about that because it's uh, it's always challenging when you're starting a new business and uh, you need to find the customers. You need to uh, you know be able to sell a service that maybe you don't manage so. Uh, I mean that you don't understand so well. Um, how was it? I'm at that time when I remember when I go back in in time. Um, the most challenging part was to get in contact with the HR decision makers. Yeah. It's for all of us the same. Yeah. Um, it's it, no matter if you if you are doing cold calling by telephone, uh, just mailing them or connecting via all these social medias. It's always the same. They refuse. They reject. Yeah. They do not want you in their closed club. So what I did uh, was I did a lot of networking online as well as offline met a lot of people especially from from outside europe mm -hmm. on clubbings and expat events special events and there i talked to the people on one hand i found i had to learn that they had the most issues with the immigration and second that they needed somebody to turn to when there, there, there are all these small issues, small things. Yeah. Because they, of course, nobody knows when I'm moving outside, what are the regulations about renting a flat, renting a house, how can I get the car transferred to another country, the plates, insurance, the schooling systems, the med medical systems. And it's on one hand easy to explain it on a website, in a blog article, but the, every question, each question is different. And there's always a different approach according to the original culture. And uh, that's what they need to get explained personally. Yeah. And so, so you, you're going to um, networking events, you're uh, meeting people. Yes. Um, so, at that uh, time. Yeah, time. at that time, yes. <laughs> um, so... Is it because you were listening to them, listening to their issues that, uh, and, also, and maybe uh, uh, coming with solutions that they mm -hmm. decided to work with you? Mm -hmm. it's, it was both. It was on one hand, always learning, listening and yeah. learning what they need so that I could perfect combina com uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, so combination. Get perfect combination of services. And on the other hand, as they trusted me and and had the feeling that they could rely on me so they recommended me to the hr yeah. and the hr contacted me and asked hey i heard that there was that that they are you, there is somebody like you and 
you offer a combination of services that nobody else does. We want you. That was the beginning in the yeah. second year. Yes. So, so that's, that's, that's great because um, what, what I, I, I see quite a lot is that uh, people tend uh, to sell their product instead of listening to the needs and the problems of um, uh, the customer. Uh, because there's no need to sell a service if the customer doesn't need it. But if he needs, he has an issue with immigration, which is what you said they had, yep. and then you can you 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 come with a solution. Or if you don't know, you can tell them that, uh, or oh, I don't know, but I will look for it and I will come with a, with with you know a, a correct answer. Right. I think it's what makes the difference. Yes, yes. And well, meanwhile, we have a sales manager who is working for our uh, company. And he is extremely good connected in the HR system. So at that point, everything runs well. <laughs> and I have time to care for my clients. And it's my, um, my joy on one hand to do the immigration. That's what I'm, I have the expertise in. Yeah. And on the other hand, I love to give people consulting. So I am the life counselor mm -hmm. and, and that's what I love to do. Great. Um, so it's been 15 years that you set up the company. Um, what, what are things that you didn't expect uh, on, on the journey? Um, uh, and what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome uh, during those 15 years? Um, what I didn't expect I cannot tell that because I didn't expect anything, <laughs> but it's, that's true. But um, there have been some hurdles, challenges. For example, when companies, big companies invite you to submit an RFP yeah. um, and you work on that RFP nearly one week so that it's really according the needs of the client and, and so that you are sure you can afford these prices as yeah. the bidder. Um, and then you have to hear from outside the club, uh, well, you just were the fifth wheel on that car and they just had to add another uh, uh, provider, but they never had the idea to really compare you with the others. Yes. Um, this happened to me in, that year, in those years two times and today, we do no longer take part in big RFPs. We are not interested in any Unilever or Nestle or sorts like that. I am very honest. They do not pay the prices we can live from. We may, cannot make our living out of that. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested to work 15 hours a day for a minimum salary. I'm not interested in that. And you cannot provide that high level of services that we provide to clients with these contracts. It's impossible. Yeah, so, and it's, it's very often working on volume. And the problem is that uh, it's not because you have a volume that uh, you, you don't uh, provide the same type of service to the customer. So it means that, um, yeah, like you said, you don't earn a lot of money and you, you have a lot of reporting to do as well. So which is, yes. which is challenging for um, a small or medium sized company. So I, I totally, I totally agree with you. 
Yes, that's the second topic. You have to do a reporting according their wishes. So you're you're part of their their system structure, mm. their company structure. And now imagine you want to grow very fast. Like there is one competitor you might knew him. I see you, mm. and um, they did this. They grew very fast. They invested a, a bunch of money, and now they have to follow the the policy of three or four or five big players in the market. So the like Nestle, Unilever or mm. however they are called. Um, and there is a permanent change of employees in such companies. There are several of the big relocation providers. We all know them, know them. And, and I don't like to switch employees every four weeks or every three months. I want to work with people for years. Yeah. So that there is a team that can rely on each other. We can exchange information. We can exchange some clients. They are a better fit to that consultant and it works. And, and you build trust and you build trust. That's it. Um, and, and, and expats feel this in the yeah. very beginning that there is a, a, a profound sound basis where they can rely on. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's uh, talking about our company when we set it up, and of course it's much younger than yours, but the idea wa be behind it was really to have partnerships. Partnership with our customer, with corporate accounts, with uh, uh, freelancers, because it's important to work together. We all want one thing, is that, you know, the expat arriving in the country is well taken care of, that it can settle quickly, that it can focus on this job um, uh, quickly as well. And, and if you don't build this kind of partnership, it's very difficult you know, to have a, a, a very good experience. Yes, and I must say the, the most beautiful experiences have been with, with top managers who were so thankful that we had the time and did all the efforts to, to satisfy them and, and they reflect the quality of my work and the work of my team. Yeah. And that's what I want. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so after 15 years, uh, now that you have all the experience and uh, the, the company has grown, what, what is maybe one thing that you wish you had known when, when you started and uh, that you didn't know and that might have... Uh, 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 given you some, uh, uh, some make, make things easier for you to, to start in a business? On first hand, a little bit more money to invest. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this pocket money to start the business um, should be sufficient, should be so much that you can really pay the marketing budget for the first three years whatever it belongs to what you think of marketing like online presence like website social media profile also or the the um advertising yes that you need what i never would do again would be printing a folder or any kind of flyer no just visit cards and whatever you need you can get it in digitally format We've, we've done the same, exactly. Yes, yes. And it's spoiled money. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, and coming back to uh, the fact that you need some money to start with, it's it's something that uh, I mean, I, I think it's the same for all entrepreneurs. Uh, and you need to be aware that uh, you need to have some some savings when you start your journey as an entrepreneur um, to, to be never, ready yes. because it's it's not because you're going to start that uh, the next day you will have you know 10 customers joining you it's going to take some time and you need to have sufficient resources to be able to pay yourself or at, at least to live on some savings and to be able like you said to invest in in marketing to in, invest in uh, in um, uh, networking events uh, where you, you need to go to invest in lunch with com customers. And if you, are, if you don't plan that, that's, that's difficult. And, and it's like marketing, for example. I love doing marketing. Everything what's, what uh, relates to online marketing. Yeah. I, love, I love that. So I learned about that so, so many things. And I wish I, I would have known this in the beginning whoever is not interested in marketing i know some people around me they do not like marketing they their understanding of marketing is totally different than mine and people like that and they they will become entrepreneurs they need somebody who is doing that for them without marketing in nowadays whenever you are looking for a product you want to purchase a product what are you doing the first thing you enter google and yeah. you enter the keywords yeah, and then exactly. you want, and you want to be the first to be found. Exactly. Yeah. Everything totally relates agree. to that. Yeah, I so. totally agree. And if you don't have the expertise, which is fine, nobody, uh, you know, nobody, uh, you, you don't have. I mean, not everybody is is uh, able to uh, master uh, internet or marketing. But then you need to plan to have somebody who can help you on that. Right. Correct. Mm. Yes. Um. So you, uh, so you've been 15 years. I come back to that again. Uh, is there any big failure in those 15 years that uh, uh, that you had, uh, or difficulties that you had to overcome? Oh yes, of course. Like everybody, when you're working with people, there are fights, discussions, and disappointments on both sides. And of course, we had this also. I had this. Experts who give you the feedback written on a paper that they are very satisfied satisfied everyone everything was wonderful and they are very happy and will always recommend you and then the hr tells you three months later uh well he was complaining about you very heavily <laughs> that we, we we all had that that type of customer <laughs> yes 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 or when when uh, that also happens um some people get the advantage and the gift from a company to be assigned a pro abroad and uh, the company pays everything on a very high level and then they start playing with you and the and the employer so that they get even more out of it yeah, yeah. and and that's something that i always point out we are the um you are working for the account and not for the yes. your customers and 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 it, it comes back customize to, uh, the consumer yeah and, and it comes back to what you said before it's it's really important in those cases to have a strong relationship and partnership with the hr 
That's it. Because That's if it. you don't have that, then you know you're not sure that they won't they they won't believe what the assignee is saying, uh, and and that you are the one uh, who is not doing the the work properly. Uh, if you have a good relationship, you can call the HR and say, okay, sorry, we have an issue here. Uh, we don't have, want any problem. Maybe you can just um, step in and, you know, yeah. put your employee back on the right track. Yes, yes. We have this sometimes. Just recently, um, a client from the British Islands um, moving here um, as a very high-level manager, tier one. And uh, he was explained... Uh, so. We explained him, download the file from our website. You can find it in our uh, website download area, how to make it in Germany, how to make it in Austria. And among other issues and other topics, you can find that part about how to rent a flat in Austria. There's a certain procedure and 99% of the housing market in Austria is covered by real estate brokers. Yeah. And the fees of the real estate brokers is regulated by law, by the government. So if you rent a flat for three years, you pay one month rent fee. If you pay, if you rent it longer than three years, you pay two month rent uh, fee. And um, this person, we joined him, we watched, we looked at several flats. We made this housing tour for, for three days. We did the research. We communicated very closely with him. And in the end, he was extremely upset that the broker dared to ask him to pay the fee. And he was, he nearly rented the flat already. So you, you sign a certain sheet here in Austria that says rent offer. Yeah. Because the, the uh, tenant applies for the, for the flat and uh, we, everything was prepared he just had to sign and he had that sheet with him for 10 days and we kept the flat for him and and we booked it for him and then in the end he was again very angry and that i didn't organize to lower that fee for the broker and he doesn't really see that he has to pay the broker because for him the broker did nothing well Brokers here see this different, and I see it different as well. But in the end, he didn't rent the flat, and he didn't want us to support him any longer. Yeah, we, we, we have the same type of issue here uh, in Luxembourg, where um, it's uh, uh, nearly, like you said, 99% of the, uh, the market uh, is in the hands of um, uh, real estate agents. And uh, and you have to pay to pay one month's rent on any property, and for for some people it's very difficult to understand. Yes. Uh, and and it's true that we really make sure that they are aware that when they arrive uh, they will have to pay one month's rent, plus uh, two or three months bank guarantee, and plus one month of um, rent Person. for the estate agent, which is quite a lot of money. Five more or less five months uh, rent. Well, uh, here they pay six months, six rents see, yeah. in total. Yeah, and yeah. in average, they pay for a, for a flat here, these mid-sized uh, manager or, or tier one level manager, they pay between 1,500 and 3,000 euros rent yeah. per month. So this by six times, 
that's an amount, of course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is something we explain in advance when they, when we meet them the first time online. Um, they we send them the link to download the the introduction file from our website how to make it in Austria or how to make it mm. in, in Germany so everything is written several times they know about it so yeah. they have time to give feedback I do not want to pay that well then sorry we cannot find a flat for you I'm very sorry and it's not negotiable here that's on top great um, if you are okay, well, maybe going uh, so that people know a bit more about you, more on a, on a more personal side. Um, as you are getting older, uh, what are things that are more important now uh, than uh, 15 or 20 years ago? Um, I love to be with my friends. Um, in, let's say, even 10 years ago, I love to go out in the evenings to clubbings, to events, to meetings. Um, I was a very busy and extrovert person. I'm still quite extrovert and communicative, but I love my silence in the evenings and I love to sit with my friends and just have a good bottle of wine in a wine bar, you know, these yeah. Austrian Heurigen and it's a perfect culture for me. Just sitting, doing chit chat and enjoy life. No stress, no, no, Aufregung. I don't know the yeah. English word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, I, I love it more relaxed today. Um, I'm happy to be with me alone sometimes, but I love to be with my husband. We are together for 20 years and we support and challenge uh, us each other yeah. again and again and we grow with each other in our businesses. That was the best experience I ever had. Um, well, then I'm nearly 60 years old. So I have my children, my sons, three of them. They are all in the late 30s. And I have my grandchildren. Right. 16 years to <laughs> one year. No, just <laughs> half, nine months. The, the smallest is nine months. Um, so I have a big family lots of sisters my one of my sisters lives in hall in netherland in the south of netherland for 30 years already so i am very happy here everything is in perfect mood yes my eldest son he is self-employed as well he's the third generation out of our logistics business oh great he has a customs clearance agency so we are all a little bit in the same business. It's all related to each other. And that makes it easy to talk with each other, to interact with each other. And it's quite nice. That's great. And um, maybe an interesting question. Uh, so you are reaching 60. Um, uh, you love your business. Uh, until when do you want uh, to continue to work? And maybe do you have any plan for the company afterwards? Um, or you didn't not, think about it yet? yet. No, not yet. <laughs> I, I thought about this and I talked about this with my, with my eldest son um, because he is familiar with all that uh, relates to this business. And well, from the legal aspect, I can retire with 67, so it's still nine yeah. years until yeah. then. Um, and I have time to think it over. If 
I'm experienced the same aging like my father, then I can work until my late seventies, like he did. Great. So it's time enough to enjoy work and life. A any of your children would, would like to, uh, or, or might have uh, thought about joining you with the company? Uh, not yet, no. Not yet. No. No. Yeah, because um, in our industry, you, you have quite a lot of, uh, of people, uh, of companies, yeah, where uh, there is a second generation in the relocation industry as well. Yes, we have such a company here in Austria as well, my biggest competitor. Mm -hmm. And uh, her daughter, she is now in her late uh, 30s as well, and she studied in, uh, in the US for five years in that business in the logistics and uh in in a, in a relocation company in one of the big relocation companies in in the us and then she returned and took over mom's business okay um uh what what is a, a passion of yours that you rarely share with people at work uh, something that you do for yourself uh, when you are on weekend or holiday Not really. I'm just yeah. a tran transparent person. I'm <laughs> so you nearly about everything. Well, ma maybe I am absolutely addicted to good made movies. And <laughs> it's not only the story, the plot, it's, it's about techniques, how, it, how the pictures were made and, and, and the scenery, etc. the setup. I'm, I'm very keen on that. Um, and second, no, I'm not really, not really. Um, great. Uh, maybe just to finish, uh, could you give two or three tips or advice uh, for our, our listeners who would want to um, uh, launch their own business, uh, whether in the relocation or any industry? Uh, what are important things that um, they, they maybe should know if they want to start their business? Well, the, what I would like to recommend is look on your savings do you have enough savings to spend your first year on that and enough to spend for marketing you need marketing and third take care that you first have a look at who is your client how do you reach the client and how do you get in contact with it yeah mm. great thanks a lot um If our listeners uh, want to connect with you, um, what, what is the best way to do that? And, and we'll put the information in the notes of the podcast. Found me, find me either on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah. Instagram, Pinterest, and um, also on, on via our website. Yeah. www.moves-consulting.com and contact me at any time with questions, I'm here. Perfect. Uh, thanks a lot, um, uh, Cornelia, for joining my, my podcast. I, I really enjoyed uh, our discussions. Um, even if I'm, uh, uh, I have a certain age, I'm still a young entrepreneur compared to uh, your 15 years of experience. Uh, so I, I really enjoy to uh, listen to uh, your journey and, and how uh, you, you developed your, your company. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, thanks for, for your time.
Thank you, Stefan, for this invitation. I enjoyed our talk very much as well. And I'm happy to see you soon again. Thank you. Bye.